very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to part two of tonight's interview and all of our material going back to 2008, don't miss out and subscribe. It's very simple. All you have to do is click on the subscribe button of our website at veritasradio.com and you'll receive your login immediately. And have you listened to Sanitas Radio yet? Take a look at all the shows we've done so far and all the upcoming guests. You have no idea what these shows can do for you and your loved ones. You will never hear what they have to say in the mainstream media. I guarantee it. Remember, your greatest wealth is your health. Check it out at sanitasradio.com. And for MMS or our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, go to the Veritas store. To get in touch with us, for member support, media inquiries, suggestions, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Do you ever wonder who you are, where you came from, and what your true purpose is? Were there alien influences behind the rise and fall of Egypt's golden age? Was Akhenaten the last pharaoh entrusted with the sacred and ancient alien knowledge of stargates, free energy, and anti-gravity technologies, and that's why he was murdered? What was the brotherhood of the snake? Was it a secret society of reptilian aliens that sought to destroy Akhenaten and suppress the sacred knowledge of the pharaohs, and it is still alive today? Was the original purpose of the pyramids to transmit energy to expand consciousness? And were they decommissioned after the Great Flood? For answers to these and many more questions, Xavier Hayes is tonight's special guest. Coming up, right now, on Veritas. Xavier Hayes is an American artist and researcher of Earth's ancient past. His interest in esoteric and mysterious works goes back to his early teen years when he was first exposed to the writing of Eric von Daniken. Xavier has maintained a lifelong interest in the pyramids, the Bermuda Triangle, and the legends of Atlantis. Xavier hosts one of the most complete online metaphysical libraries with links and resources to all major works in this field. He's the author of two books, the latest one being Aliens in Ancient Egypt, The Brotherhood of the Serpent, and The Secrets of the Nile Civilization. And you can learn more about Xavier by visiting his website at xavientvision.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Boulder, Colorado, I'm privileged to welcome Xavier Hayes. Xavier, welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing very good, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. I'm a huge fan. Listen to it all the time. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I just read this book, and, you know, when I saw the title, I, I knew what I was getting into, but you add so much, so much into it. And I think, you know, first of all, I grew up, I was born in one of the corners of the Bermuda Triangle. So I don't have to tell you that from the moment I was born, I've been fascinated with our history. I went to Roman Catholic school and uh, was, you know, put in one silo. And I always wanted to get out of that and ask questions. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what your upbringing was that brought you to question our history, and maybe we need to demythologize our history. Well, I kind of um, grew up around Lutherans. My grandmother uh, was went to Lutheran church, uh, 
that was kind of my first experience uh, with that. And it was cool as a kid. You know, I, I enjoyed her reading to me the illustrated Bible stuff. And, you know, it helped fuel my imagination. I think, to me, the dinosaurs and early uh, biblical art were, uh, made a strong impression on me uh, in Seattle. Now, as I got a little older, uh, I, I began living with my my parents, you know, my mother, my father, and uh, my mother always had Buddhist stuff around. Uh, the Egyptian cat god, uh, Sekhmet, a statue of her around. Um, so there was no sort of religious dogma stuck on me. I was kind of very fortunate in a way, just even as a teenager, to be able to um, read Chariots of the Gods and study on my own and look into mythologies and because I've always into Greek mythologies and Roman mythologies and uh, ancient history. So for me, it was just on a path from an early age to, uh, to be curious and look into what I wanted to. And that's how the fascination with Egypt in this book came about because I, you know, has a, I think I was about 12 or 13 when I saw the, my first episode of In Search Of. I remember. It, it blew my mind. Leonard Nimoy and the yeah. music, the intro music, and uh, it was incredible. Uh, so since then, uh, I want to know about those type of things, mysterious, ghosts, UFOs, uh, and I just kind of stuck with it. And when I led to Egypt, you know, always the pyramids and the Sphinx and just kind of researching on my own for a long time. You know, whenever, as a kid, I remember looking, even history books in school, where they tell us about Egypt and Egyptian history, and they show the pyramids. They just show you the pyramids. And I thought, you know, these incredible structures, and that's all I'm going to be told. There's a pyramid, but there's nothing else to it. And maybe the pharaohs were, were buried inside I always had a hunch that there was something beyond that that we were not being told, including the date in which they were allegedly built. Did you question that, too? Uh, absolutely, from the beginning. And it's kind of funny, because last night I was watching a program. Uh, they have a new, I think it was an old series called The Universe, but I guess they, they revamped it, and they had a, uh, a new episode on the pyramids. And I just can't, I just cringe. <laughs> when I watch the you know these horrible, uh, outdated um, historical disinfo pieces that are on the History Channel, because um, they don't even they tell you flat out that it's you know for a tomb and you know the pharaoh was there buried there and he was trying to get to the stars and all this with no proof whatsoever, and uh, it's so it's just the dating of it, keeping it at four thousand years is on a whole other. A ridiculous issue, but yeah, I never, I, I it's, it should be apparent to anybody, especially when you look, because uh, a lot of the pyramids, you could tell where the remodeling was, right? Uh, you know, but in the, the oldest parts are at the bottom. So, the most ancient megalithic stuff, which they can't explain, uh, is there. And the fact that it's at the bottom means a lot. Usually you see Dr. Sahi Hawaz, and if you see Sahi Hawaz there, you know that they're hiding some truths. But ancient cultures from all parts of the world share myths that speak of evil levels of consciousness, heightened awareness, superior science, sublime art, and secret architecture, dating back tens of thousands of years. Why do you think, Xavier, why do you think that humankind has declined from a high point over the passage of eons from a peaceful, creative society. Uh, you know, we used to share the, the mother principle to now the patriarchal rule of war, which is it, I think we are at the highest today. Why do you think that happened? I think that stems from Akhenaten's time and, and the understanding of uh, the universe as cyclical. You know, there are golden ages, dark ages, silver ages. Uh, I believe the original purpose of the pyramids was to keep conscious mankind elevated and to keep us in tune with nature. And uh, because whoever put that together had to understand how it works, you know, up and down and all around, right? So uh, I think those are the original idea for the pyramid field. And they were probably decommissioned after the flood. That's why, 
there's something still there, but it doesn't work, basically. And whatever presence got involved with controlling uh, mankind's destiny after Akhenaten, uh, it had to. Have, it, it seems likely that it's, it's an evil, uh, even an alien presence that dictates and is into this. It makes no sense to me that uh, we live in a warlike kingship society, very violent, you know, sacrificial. Uh, even now, in the height of our technolo- technological prowess and you know, our smartphones and everything. And, and there is a, a mass global awakening and we live in the most incredible time, but there's also the threat of World War Three around the corner. And uh, we live in an era that zombies everywhere because of the pills and this is just a wicked, uh, degenerate, horrible uh, period in history that is the yin and yang. You know, we got the, the bright light that, where we're heading to and what, what we could actually accomplish. And then we have the whole war, death, new world order, uh, transhumanism. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing. And I want to dive into all that uh, transhumanism singularity. I want to discuss that too, and also Akhenaten. But what do you think was the main purpose of the pyramids, and I, I mean them plural, not only the Egyptian ones, but all across the world. What do you think the purpose of the pyramids was? Well, as for the, the pyramids in Egypt, the, the, I believe it was the field, at least, is a machine, you know. It was to uplift consciousness. At certain points of time, it was also a beacon, a, like a homing beacon, a light uh, for interstellar travelers. You know, it's, if so if you're flying over it was kind of be the guiding place to land. Uh, and this is golden ages, this goes way back. But the pyramids seem to be, um, the fascination with them at least is a uh, star, star bound, astro archaeology, astro theology, which is permeates all ancient cultures and the understanding of perception. And uh, so there's a, a lot with that. Now, Let's talk about Akhenaten for a second, because I think he was a fascinating character. Why was he erased from history? And then he resurfaced in the 19th century, you know, as a disinformation campaign was launched against him and his legacy full force. The information was considered too threatening to make public. Why? Well, because, first of all, the art was unlike anything they had ever seen. Uh, And with the art, you have the alien representations, the elongated skulls, a whole bunch of odd stuff. So that is one factor. Uh, the other factors would be if they understood who this man really was, it was because he was such a threat in his time that they, they couldn't really have the true knowledge of him surface. It'd be like Ron Paul or JFK if they were actually victorious. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we know that, uh, for a fact, I, I got it from your book and it's one of my favorite, uh, quotes. Where do I have it? Uh, I'll find it in a minute, but it's, you know, where he says that there's something going on behind the scenes and before he, he leaves this noble office, he will tell the American people and, you know, shortly after he, he died. But, yeah, seven days after that. Exactly, exactly. Why do you think, and, and while you say it, why do you think he was trying to tell us? <sighs> JFK was the last real American president. Yeah. Um, in the sense that he was mis, misguided. Mis, it's hard to explain in, in a way that when, you, when you're such a noble person and a good person and you, you view the American presidency is a position which, you know, everyone thinks it should be, right? Uh, but then to find out that <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, he took the, the steps to actually dismantle the power grid and the, the elite and the behind-the-scenes power, you know, the... the the real control, the money masters, the Federal Reserve. He figured all this out. He figured everything out. He all the way up into the UFO stuff and the, you know, the fake Cold War with Russia, you know, to get more money. Because basically, NASA, by by having the, the threat of war and the threat of the space race, 
NASA was able to fleece taxpayers and uh, for billions of dollars. So when JFK figured a bunch of stuff out, I mean, he threatened to dismantle the CIA, and I'm sure most of your listeners know uh, know about JFK, how awesome he was. But yeah, he the Federal Reserve too. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he, he was murdered, man. Like, there's no that was the day America died, in my opinion. Um, before my time, like, I I, I don't know. I was actually with, hanging out with Jay Widener yesterday, and uh, you know, he remembered it. So and it'd be weird to remember that that day. For me, it's I guess it would be 9/11, but even that didn't fool me. Like I was already awake and aware. And, yeah. You know, up on to the whole scam of that. And, and, and plus, it was intuitive. You know, it just, just, you just kind of know, like this this is some Hollywood bullcrap. You know, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. It just didn't feel right. Jay Whitener, one so, a good friend of this show, one of the best. Uh, alternative research of modern times, in my opinion. hundred uh, percent agree with you. Yeah. I was hanging out with him yesterday. It was amazing at dinner and, uh, you know, to actually meet someone you respect and admire and then for them to be actually really cool. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great thing that one that happens. Absolutely. I'll send them a note today about that. And, and the quote was, there exists in this country, a plot to enslave every man, woman, and child. Before I leave this high and noble office, I intend to expose this plot. And I know some people say that this quote may not have come from JFK. But you really have to be living under a rug, Xavier, to not know that what he was saying is right. When we have the Federal Reserve... Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. And there's other... We have, there's a whole bunch of other quotes, like, we can 100% prove. <laughs> We're just talking about the same thing. So, yeah, he knew it was up. Yes. The Federal Reserve... And to me, that's... That's number one. I mean, uh, number one way to get killed to this day, even in Akhenaten's time, because he he was he suffered the same fate. Uh, you figuring out the fraction reserve central banking scam. Uh, once you figure that out and threaten to expose it and put it out of business, you know, people may be saying, people may be saying, why are you guys talking about the Federal Reserve if if you're talking about ancient Egypt, and you're gonna be you're going to discover how there's some correlation here. And when you said Federal Reserve number one as the reason, I think the Federal Reserve is the number one source of all problems. Central banking, fiat money. And we'll discuss that later too. But speaking of our correlations Absolutely. here, you mentioned the elongated calls, our mutual friend Brian Forster doing a great job in, in, uh, in, in Peru. Do you think there's a correlation between Egypt and the elongated calls that we're seeing in Paracas? There has to be because they found elongated skulls in Egypt. Uh, uh, Emery, Walter Emery, found a whole graveyard full of them, and he also found the weird little disc, like looks like a, a wheel or some strange mechanical object in the same area. Plus, we know that in the Ubay culture in Sumeria, uh, one of the famous archaeologists, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he found when he was digging up. Uh, this culture, he found a whole bunch of elongated skulls plus serpentine-looking figures that seem to be representing uh, what they might have actually looked like. So uh, in ancient Egypt, you, it's full of them, uh, especially that's another thing with the art from Akhenaten's period. It was all the elongated skulls. Now, here's, <laughs> uh, here's these baffled archaeologists discovering this strange artwork and then seeing pictures and murals of Akhenaten's daughters with elongated skulls and Nefertiti elongated skulls and and then Akhenaten looking like a, a weird gray alien hybrid reptilian you know it's pretty shocking stuff for the early 1900s you include in your book a a map of allegedly included the empire of Atlantis which I found fascinating because I've always suspected this many people say oh the Egyptians and the the Incas and the Mayans and the Aztecs were not connected whatsoever because, you know, we had to wait until Christopher Columbus to, to discover America, which I think is a bunch of, you know what, he just opened the, oh, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the routes from Europe. But when you have Atlantis in the middle and you go around it, of all the coastal areas of, say, Western South America, uh, the upper part of Central America, and even some parts of the United States, and you start looking at everything that's there, 
I mean, look at Machu Picchu, look at, uh, you know, uh, Peru, what's happening in, in, in Mexico, in uh, Honduras, in Guatemala, all those pyramids. If you go around in a circle and you wonder if Atlantis had the empire all around them, including some parts of, of you know, uh, northern Africa, do you think that this was indeed Atlantean technology, all of this? I believe so. Atlantis pre-flood uh, civilizations um, had the understanding of how to do this, and, uh, and the knowledge, and even the reasons to, uh, you know, even when you look at the history of Egypt and, and Thoth or Thoth, uh, you know, he was a before he was made a god, he was an actual real flesh and blood character, and this is where Egyptians claim, you know, they got their knowledge from. He was the god of writing. You know, he gave him uh, the pyramids and a whole bunch of first <laughs> he was re- responsible for it. and it's kind of claimed that he came from a, you know a western island kingdom uh who knows where that could have been and um, it's to, apparent to me that those the ancient part of egypt especially the giza plateau the pyramid filled uh was around before the flood in uh, during the Atlantean days because when the when the scientists first like walk alfred watkins one of the first people to pry in and get into the the Great Pyramid, they found salt, encrusted salt uh, all over. And this is sea salt, you know, and they found seashells. So that pretty much proves it's been there a long time. Why do you think that the information was hidden from us? It, It wasn't until the Greeks that we really started learning about the the Egyptians. Was the information undermining those in power or maybe even putting the relation between alien involvement? Yeah, well, it's hard to say. I mean, the Romans uh, and the Greek, uh, a lot of their stuff does come from Egypt, you know. And basically what we know now is most of, most of our history is stems from Egyptian history and mythologies. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stuff in the Bible and, and the Hebrews just kind of rewrote um, the, the history to... And inserted their characters, basically. Yeah, you go to go to the go to the Vatican, and you'll see the similarities there. Exactly. So it's you know, and of course the the, the alien topic is kind of new in a sense that uh, you know when they first found the dinosaurs, they didn't know what the hell they were, <laughs> you know. So yeah. uh, there's that part of it is relatively uh, a new, but it's not because in the and you can see in all ancient cultures, they're fixated with sky and sky disc. And to me, you know, I never, because uh, I talk about, a little bit about Sitchin's work and Vodonikin and all these people and, uh, you know, uh, having to rely on translations. I mean, who, who's to say, right? Because, you know, there's Sumerian uh, online libraries you could check that don't have the same translation that Sitchin has. Now, either he was adding some stuff to it or he's actually correct and they're, covering up and you know who knows right but when i look at the art that's when you know when you look at the art that's when you know uh there was something going on in the skies in ancient cultures you mentioned Zachariah sitchin and i had the opportunity to conduct his very last interview but the one aspect i was not aware of and you mentioned this in your book and that that you know questions the credibility somewhat because we all heard about the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. And I right. didn't know this, that I knew he, he lived in New York City. But the fact that his office was located, of all places, in Rockefeller Center, makes you wonder. Yeah, that blew my mind, man. Um, and, you know, this book is, you know, I had to be fresh. Like, when I wrote this, you know, I wanted to... Cause you know, I've been into this my whole life, basically, you know, and I've read all the works. And, you know, I wanted to take a new, because um, a lot of people kind of come out and they regurgitate, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not that type of artist. Like, I want to make, you know, I want to thoroughly investigate everybody and make sure, you know, do my best on each each person, each topic, and, and give it the best for, for people to relate to and to be able to comprehend. Because, you know, writing a book is one thing, but writing a book that people can actually read is a whole other <laughs> You know, a whole other topic, right? So uh, it was very important that I looked at Sitchin's work with an open mind and a clear mind uh, and not uh, kind of just hugging on to his uh, legacy, right? So there's a lot of things that 
I kind of discovered about him, about Von Donneken. I mean, for instance, when Von Donneken came out, they hated on him. They threw him in prison for three years. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, it's insane. Huh. So he, you know, and, and they could say, and yeah, he he's exaggerated and this and that, but it's, you're, it's, it's art, man. You're selling, you know, the theory is one thing, and it's mind-blowing. And there are ancient stuff that, no one can explain. And you could put any, any spin on you want. And there's some stuff, you know, he embellished or whatever, and called it got called out on whatever. That's cool. But that's not that. You have to look at the whole picture, you know. And uh, so I make sure everybody, everyone, uh, got a got a fair shake. Why did he? Sense. Why did he go to jail? Uh, they trumped up some fraud charges when he was a hotel manager. Mm, mm, okay. Well, it's like, it's not, that's not said that she went to jail, but I know, you know, Carmen Bolter, who's going to be on the show in the near future. And I know she loves her job because she is stepping outside the box and, and getting into all this information, right? Yeah. We were, I was supposed to do the book with her originally. I know. I, I, I even saw the alternative uh, cover, I believe that there's an alternative cover out there, right? <laughs> Ain't that awesome? Like, it still exists out there. It's so funny. I can't get rid of it. Yes. Trying to get it off. And what's, what's amazing is that cover, uh, you know, when the whole thing fell apart and uh, I had to, you know, write it myself and, and get it published again, uh, they wouldn't, uh, new page wouldn't allow introductions to buy a cover to use. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they had to make a new cover, but that cover ended up on Von Donneken's new book. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. It's interesting to me, too. I'm like, it's a little personal joke. You know, to me, I love what I do, but I don't take myself too serious. And I know the universe doesn't. The universe has a huge sense of humor. And for me, it's like theater of the gods, right? Yeah. So it's a, uh, and that's how I live my life, man. I just go with the flow, do the right thing. And uh, funny stuff and amazing things happen daily. Don't, don't let a good cover go to waste. Let, let somebody, waste. let, let, exactly. let Von Daniken. I mean, I, I know <laughs> Char chariots of the gods. That's an awesome book. So, you know, let him use it in a future book, but is Akhenaten and Nefertiri the last dynasty to understand the, the sophistication of, you know, when we think of, of the ancient past, we never, when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about mainstream people. They don't, think of the sophistication of stargates sacred geometry energy and you know all these technologies this is knowledge handed down to us from advanced interstellar interstellar alien races in the remote past even uh, dr samir osmanagic I, I think you probably know who he is right the bosnian pyramid yeah. he and i discussed it in detail a few weeks ago and he told me that there's energy specific energy coming from down there that they have tried to block in the past so I wonder if the same people who have, are trying to block the history from Egypt are doing it with other places around the world because these these uh, monumental structures offer more than beauty, visual beauty, but you know perhaps a, a regenerative energy for the entire planet and its, and its human beings. Yeah, and who knows what's actually uh, what's actually there underneath the pyramids or underneath those Bosnian pyramids or even the megalithic structures they just found in Russia. That's right. Uh, so this is this is a, a an amazing theory to to explore because you have uh, ley lines and now we understand uh, Earth energy grids, right? Yeah. And there's focal points of the Earth that all these monuments seem to be situated on. Uh, and the ancient cultures somehow understood quantum physics and sacred geometry. Uh, so how did they figure it out and who gave it to them was a whole other, whole other question. But there's, there has to be something that, you know, the mainstream, to me it, goes, it all goes back to money, right? Because if, if I had been educated, I'd be a damn fool. And this is what Bob Marley said. So if if I go to college, right, you in America basically the college experience is spring break, get drunk, you know, party, uh, breeze your way through nonsense and get your degree, and then when you when you try to get a job, you're you're making twelve bucks an hour if you're lucky, right? Uh, 
and by the time you might be on a journey of self-discovery and figuring out or even looking into these these sort of metaphysical and sacred questions, uh, you're going to be so blocked up from all of the all of the nonsense that's stuck in your head that who knows how long, if, or if you can even break break from that. So by not going to college, uh, I had a, you know, at least, you know, with the film school or whatever, but by not going traditionally for like a university degree, you'd have to, uh, I was, avoid, I avoided all of this nonsense. Uh, so I, I was able to piece this stuff together on my own and be able to go down that path as opposed to if you, you didn't, it's it's very hard because the professors, right? You know, if the few professors who risked everything to kind of put this knowledge out, they're brave men. There are very few of them. Because even if you figured it out, are you really going to risk your mortgage, your family, all this other stuff? To pay your the pension. Uh, the pension, exactly. Like 3% in all of mankind have ever done that, basically. That's absolutely right. I think of uh, Michael Cremo when he told me that he went to uh, to Russia to a major university there, I think in St. Petersburg, and all of a sudden they canceled the lecture. And people were so upset about that that they found an alternate location to take him outside of the university. And they had three, four, five times more people than they expected at the university. Why? Because they said, wait a second, if the institution is censoring this gentleman, there's something interesting that he must have to say. And he was very successful in giving his lecture there. But you mentioned education in the United States, and I think worldwide pretty much. I called the Department of Education here, I call it the Department of Indoctrination because that's basically what it is. They're just they're just giving you the history that they want to give us. You know, history is written by the winners. And I always tell my guests that maybe we need to de-mythologize our history. You know, take the Vatican as an example. I heard one of my guests went there a few years ago, and she had a, a very cool guide, tour guide, who took, it, took her to certain portions of the Vatican where not a lot of the public goes to. And she asked him, Explain to me why there's so much Egyptian symbols and archaeology here and, and artifacts. And the man looked at her like, oh, you don't know? The Vatican, pretty much all this information is derived from Egypt to make it more palatable to the Catholics. So the question is, is Horus Jesus, is Mary Isis, did they bring all that stuff from Egypt? Yeah, there's a... Um, a book that came out recently about how the Romans invented Christianity. <laughs> so, you know, it has to. There has to be so much. Joseph at Joseph at will. Excellent book. Excellent interview for anybody who wants to listen. the The Roman, the Roman uh, uh, creation or uh, invention by the Caesars. I'll tell you the title did in a you, second. Uh, you interviewed him? Yes, I certainly did. A very, very controversial show, but it had to be done. Right. I'm going to look that up, man, because that's very, I've always been interested in that. And, and it's funny because um, my friend in college, he came, my friend Benny came back from, uh, I can't remember wherever he was going to school, but I was, you know, like 17 at the time, 18. And he had come back and it was like a family, you know, Christmas time or whatever. And he brought me a, a printed version of the Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book mm -hmm. of the Dead. And I remember, I remember reading the first, you know, 15, 16 pages, and it just blew my mind. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. And, but my initial reaction was strange because I thought immediately, every time I heard, uh, they had the word Osiris, uh, it sounded like, just replace that with Jesus. And you have basically the whole half of the half of the Bible because a lot of it is basically Osiris, blah 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 blah, uh, instead of like Jesus, you know. So it it was very very connected. And of course, when you look into uh, I think Zeitgeist, the first Zeitgeist, where they talk about the religion, does probably the best job in explaining astrotheology and uh, the relationship between Osiris, Horus, Jesus, uh, Mithra which before Jesus arrived, which was, he was, he was like the Jesus 
uh, in Rome before before Jesus, right? Uh, you know, so and there's so much with the with the Easter stuff and the in the biblical like the three stars, right, disappearing for three days. Uh, so this all of it basically stems from Egyptian mythology and history. Caesar's Messiah, the Roman conspiracy to invent Jesus. That's the name of the books, the name of the interview as well. And you also mentioned astrotheology. That, I saw a picture, Xavier, that really rocked me. Because again, I grew up Roman Catholic, and you know, I respect everybody's beliefs, but I have the right to step outside my box and look at, at the truth elsewhere if I'm not convinced from where I from where I started. But the astrotheology, I saw a picture of the Last Supper, and I saw Jesus, and behind him the Son, S-U-N, and he is the Son, S-O-N, of God. And then you saw the apostles, six to the right, six to the left, and they were all divided into threes, meaning the seasons, and each apostle was a sign of the zodiac. And I said, my goodness, this is the, this is astrotheology. They have taken something that may have been complicated for the masses to understand, meaning the planets and the signs of the zodiac, and they put it in a, in a more you know, palatable way, as I said, for people to understand that every apostle had something to do with it, and you have Jesus as the Son. Is that something that impacted you as well? Absolutely. I, that blew my mind, and it makes complete sense. It's actually more logical than you know what what they the the myths they pass on yeah. as right that people believe um you know and i see i never had a problem with uh religions or you know any of that to me because i um first of all whatever makes you a better person or whatever is your choice to you know get down with that's cool with me you know i don't care uh but the ability to put it all together you know <laughs> That's 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 what's important to understand the zodiacs and the disciples or you know parts of the zodiac, and you know, astrotheology, which is what the Bible is. So, I I really appreciate uh, that that knowledge, and that takes away nothing from you know Jesus or or you know anything else that has nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, uh, it's just it's knowledge, it's what you need to know and what we need to understand. And I also don't have a problem with people who, who make themselves better with re- organized religion. My problem is when wars I created because of religion, because my God is better than your God, and, and this has gone around, you know, on and on for thousands of years, and you know it gets old. And I think at one point in history, in the past, there was probably a one universal language, one universal religion that you know kept every human or living being on this planet in harmony, but something happened eventually. Exactly. Something happened eventually where languages and, and, and organized religion divided the planet to keep us divided, divide and conquer. Do you think that happened somewhere along the way? Absolutely happened along the way. And, you know, religion uh, is a tool for the, the elite and the control because it's easier to control a lot of people than it is people who are, uh, you know, spread out and doing their own thing. Uh, that's the mean, the main reason why religion was created and used. Uh, as for the what you just brought up, of course, it makes sense because there had to have been an evil or an alien sort of presence that came through and, you know, didn't have the, the, the same because the, the one... The, the initial religion, the, the initial uh, way of life is artistic. It's being creative. It's being into nature. It's planting. It's family. It's community-orientated. Uh, this is how we're human beings are supposed to be, right? And this is how it was in ancient, in ancient times in Egypt when uh, golden ages and before this presence that has to be, to me, a, a clear alien negative influence. That, that made its way in and controlled, and for some reason, I, I don't, maybe it's the blood. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows why it's wicked? I, I, I don't know, but it, it definitely came in at some point in history, and we're stuck with it now, and it's, uh, they want to get out of here. They've been trying to escape, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes, you know, that behind governments, behind secret Air Force programs, secret space programs, Mars, um, 
it's it's wild, man. You know, I remember back in 2012, I saw the headlines, World's Oldest Pyramid Found in Crimea. And if you saw that back then, most people wouldn't even, would not even think where Crimea is located at. But what's happening right now as we speak? The Russians are going into Crimea. The United States and Europe, they don't want the Russians to be there. I wonder if there's something more ge- beyond being geopolitical, if there's something a la Iraq where they may have had some ancient technology there and we may have gone there to, to take it over. Do you think that, that this conflict that's brewing in, in that area of the world has something to do with that pyramid being the oldest one found? I think so. Um, again, I don't, I don't believe in the oldest one found because if anything is megalithic, it's all pre-floods. So, I mean, there's no way to date actual, like, actual stones. Uh, but obviously, if it's new and it's old and and it's a new discovery and it's an old, old pyramid and who knows what they... They're going to be interested in checking it out right away and who knows what they found. And that's definitely what happened in Iraq. I mean, you know, the invasion, they went straight to the museums and uh, you know, I, Saddam was talking about he was reincarnated Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And, you know, plus, I mean, the the, the ridiculous uh, artifacts and history in Samaria is unparalleled. And, and of course, the, the the humans and the Earth people of Earth, and we get the short short end stick like always because we don't even know. We don't. We're not going to know what's what we're going on. What wonderful treasures and ancient machines. Uh, that exist that we might not ever be shown. And definitely if it's something going on in Cremaria, that would make sense. Uh, Obviously that's a whole CIA, you know, it's a mess of course, but it's typical state department, uh, new world order uh, tactics going on. Uh, Putin, to me personally, I think he's one of the most realist, uh, freedom individuals and uh, presidents and real real dudes who took a stand, who take stand daily against the New World Order and the, the Illuminati and the, the Zionist uh, regime. So, you know, they don't like that guy but <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So, you know, if they're trying to pull his card and uh, you know, get something cracking, you know, obviously World War Three, they got scenarios A, B, C, D, and F, right? So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think messing with Russia is a good idea in any point in history. So, and history has shown it not, not to be. So, uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, to me, it's they're, they're, the plans that the wicked have, I don't think they'll be successful because good, there's more good than evil. And we're in a period now where consciousness is expanding, ridic- like at a ridiculous pace, and the global awakening is, is upon us. So, um, I'm pretty sure that these wicked alien entities and these schmucks that run the CFR and the New World Order boys, then they're not going to be successful. Even though they want to keep us like uh, mushrooms in the dark, because the question, see, I always say that the biggest conspiracy of all is the secret to our own potential. I think we have more potential than we are always led to believe. You know, all these, let's look at the Vimanas, let's look at these flying chariots, all the art that, you know, I forget the name of the book, uh, I interview an individual who wrote the book, uh, Out of Place in Time and Space, and you have all these paintings from hundreds and hundreds and maybe a thousand years ago that show these flying objects and the people looking up, and we're not told about that. Why? Because we're still flying tin cans for the last 100 years. Yes, the planes look a little bit more modern, but it's the same oh stuff. So ridiculous. Big scan, the oil scan. Exactly. And, you know, and they and they have uh, futuristic technologies and alternative resources and, and energy stuff, hundreds of years in advance of what we could imagine behind the scenes. Uh, you know, so it's. So. You know, you probably have been following the news now that uh, Russia, the United States, Europe, they are converging in Crimea, in the, in Ukraine. Do you think that that uh, allegedly oldest pyramid found has anything to do with why these three powers are converging there? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the ancient mysteries 
that could be found in Cremaria has a lot to do with why such a sudden outpouring of of will concern and rhetoric and uh, talk, uh, Russia getting troops ready, the whole uh, upstaging of the the community there. So I think if there was something like Iraq where they went straight to the, the museums to find the, the lost technology, I'm pretty sure it could have something to do with that too. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, why do you think, let's go to NASA now, why do you think NASA, and let's also, since we're talking about the Vatican, why do they have such a fascination with Egyptian symbols and iconography? Because I think they have to know at some level the, of the alien presence back in ancient Egypt, Egyptian history. Uh, it's pretty funny that all of their uh, missions, their space shuttles, uh, just everything about their their order has to do with ancient Egyptian uh, mythology and, and symbolism. Uh, and this permeates through all, all of the Masonic and the secret societies and the, the hidden elite occult. Uh, they are somehow fascinated with Egyptian history and motifs over and over again, even in Rome. You go to Rome and Vatican, you find the obelisks. Uh, so right. what happened? What happened there? And why was it so important and so mind-blowing that 5,000 years afterwards, uh, massive billion-dollar uh, uh, entities, you know, use ancient Egyptian symbols for the logos, like, for instance, uh, Time Warner Cable, which is massive. Their, their symbol is basically the Eye of Horus, and there's no mistake about it. It's right there. It's from the beginning, and even now, they change it slightly over the years. They don't change it to not look like the Eye of Horus. They, now it's completely looking like the Eye of Horus. Are you talking about AOL so, when it used to be AOL? Exactly. Okay. Well, A&L... Now, when you look at Time War, yes. AOL, it's right. really, really pronounced, right? Correct, correct. And you mentioned the space shuttle. I had uh, dinner with a former NASA contractor, and he told me that Rockwell, which was the builder, they built three additional shuttles, three additional military shuttles, and one of them was decommissioned and transferred to the civilian fleet after the Challenger exploded. And now, that's 1950s technology. Now, what kind of technology would they have today, and for what purpose? Well, they sure, they're, the idea that we still need rockets and shuttles is obsolete, and they kind of sense-emitted it by getting rid of the space program, in a way, and making everything go to private uh, exploration, because I think the mining of helium-3 on the moon is the next big... Uh, you know, the next, next big gold rush, so to speak, in space. And then, I don't know if you've seen the movie Elysium. Uh, Elysium was fantastic yes, sure. in depicting the the elites going to be living on the in the space stations, right? And the rest of us be stuck on this prison planet ruled by robots. Uh, so, you know, the the and that's not even talking about um, the real, real, real bloodline, which will be living on Mars through either some sort of wormhole, quantum entanglement technology, uh, physics that, uh, you know, teleportation, travel. I don't know how they, they're going to pull it off. Maybe they already have. Uh, the question is, how far ahead are they? And how, how little do we actually know? Because we, we don't know much, <laughs> especially when it comes to uh, putting a physical body in space, which has proven time and time again to be really deadly. You know, the radiation up there is unbelievable uh and it makes more sense they would spend i think they just announced uh europa uh they're going to send robots to europa uh the icy moon i jupiter. think of uh, yes. jupiter yeah and uh the robots are already going there and they're going to be going to mars and it makes more sense to send it's safer right now when they do these explorations in mars uh, in europa and all these other places uh they're going to, of course, have the fake Mars mission, right? Directed by Spielberg. Uh, you know, super advanced, kind of like Kubrick, how he did the moon landing back in the day. They're going to do all that because they have to. Uh, but behind the scenes, they're already going to know and be exploring and finding evidence of aliens and civilizations and fossils and dinosaurs. Who knows? I mean, Mars, I think that's where we come from, actually. So, uh, 
as can imagine how crazy it's going to get. For them, for us, it's going to be crazy as well, but it's going to be the typical wolf, you know, illusion over our eyes type of crazy, which it always is. And uh, it's a shame that we don't have access to this knowledge and to to understanding just how far along are we in, in, in technological developments. Well, you mentioned the moon and helium-3, but there's some information coming out of NASA, and this is public, that they're going to be landing in uh, Vesta and Ceres, their planetoids. And I believe Ceres is the one that's been... They know that this planetoid is full of gold, and they call it Fort Knox. And the project is called wow. Dawn. The, the mission is Dawn, and they'll be landing in 2015. So let's see what happens there. We have Hyapetus. We have, you know, so many strange moons in our solar system. Demos, Phobos, wow. you know. There is. I mean, and they're, they're finding water-like planets all the time and, and and all kinds of strange stuff. Obviously, those in the, in the, the golden habitable zone so far away. Um, but if there is a, a moon or a, a moon with gold, how interesting to think that if Zachariah Sitchin's theories were true, how come they just didn't go <laughs> straight up go to that moon? You know, that's maybe right. they didn't. It's already gone, or half of it's gone, right? I mean, that's uh, what is it with gold, right? I mean, if we, we need gold in space to shield radiation, so gold is very important for a lot of different reasons. Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at all the astronauts; they, their their helmets are coated with gold. Every single commercial airplane, the glass in the front is coated with gold. So, gold is very important and crucial for space travel. But as you say, it will be kind of difficult to travel from here to Mars, unless we can believe what Andrew Bashago says, and we have jump rooms right here on this planet that can tra teletransport us, you know, in a matter of seconds. Do you lend credence to that? I believe, um, you know, I'm not so sure about uh, him um, personally, but uh, um, absolutely, I think that's possible, man. I think they've been figuring out, and it would make sense. It's 2014. Like, why wouldn't they figure out how to get to uh, interdimensional travel by now? Um, to still, like, if they're doing this, uh, they're still going to have the, you know, they they know they know they can't put humans in space for nine months to go to Mars. They would freaking die. So you know they're going to do that with the robots. And they might have tr they might have tried it already. How how do we even know? You know, and they may have done a couple experimentations to see actually what would happen behind the scenes. Right? We can't possibly know everything. Uh, but yes, Passaggio, uh, his theories are interesting. I do believe we we should be there by now. Uh, behind the scenes, I think. Because that's that's the alien presence, man. Like they 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 want to get out. They're dying to escape this place, uh, and it would make sense that the Mars would be where they would want to go. Considering if they already know that there's blue skies and there's a breathable atmosphere, and uh, it's not as crazy as they make it out to be, right? That's right. And we have to take our one and only break. But when we come back, I want to discuss the the Brotherhood of the Serpent. I want to discuss more of Mars and the fact that around the pyramids we find a lot of uh, Mars rocks. So I want to know if there's a correlation between Mars and that Egyptian or Atlantean civilization. But you'll let us know when we come back. How can people buy this book and your other book as well? Oh, uh, you get on Amazon. It's the best place to get it. It's in bookstores, Barnes and Nobles, uh, usually. Um, but yeah, Google the book. Uh, aliens in Ancient Egypt, The Brotherhood of the Serpent, Secrets of the Nile Civilization, and order on Amazon. It's the cheapest place to find it. And your website? I have an online metaphysical library where you can access uh, information on these type of subjects that you speak about all the time. So uh, that would be xavientvision.com, x-a-v-i-a-n-t vision.com. Also, I'm on Facebook. You could add me, ask me questions. I have a blog if you want to interested in more other things uh, like for instance uh, did Elvis take his own death and you know what's up with Bruce Lee and marijuana so there's there's a bunch of stuff I'm into a, a lot of cool different subjects so multifaceted it's all there on multifaceted I like that yeah. folks don't go anywhere I'm here with my special guest Xavier Hayes author of the book Aliens in Ancient Egypt The Brotherhood of the Serpent and the Secrets to the Nile Civilization more when we come back 
This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first segment of this very important interview. To listen to the rest, go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. You will receive your login immediately. We'll take a short intermission, listen to some music, and we'll be right back. Enjoy.
This is the Quran Sitching, and you are listening to a wonderful radio interview conducted by Mel. Mm-hmm. 